It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day, in the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount Plus. Good morning. It is Wednesday, February 23rd. You are listening to the College Football Daily. I am your host, Lance Glenn. On today's episode, you'll hear from Kansas State head coach Chris Kleiman. He joined me for an in-depth conversation on his program early in the offseason as they get set for spring practice coming up. We discuss bringing in transfer quarterback Adrian Martinez from Nebraska, how Deuce Vaughn could one-up his spectacular 2021 season, the future of the Big 12, NIL, the transfer portal, and more. A big thanks to Coach Kleiman and Kansas State for coming on. Before we get to our discussion, however, I just wanted to remind everyone to throw us those five stars and make sure to give us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think of the College Football Daily, and if you have any show ideas, make sure to share those as well. So without holding you any longer, here is my conversation with Kansas State head coach, Chris Kleiman. Joined now by the head coach of the Kansas State Wildcats, Chris Kleiman. Coach, thanks so much for joining me. And I want to ask you first off, you know, I know being a coach in really any sport is a profession with few days off, but with the season behind you, signing day behind you, you're in the early part of the offseason before spring practice. Have you had any time to just, I guess, take a breath and relax? You know, is the word relax or frankly, even the words day off in a coach's vocabulary at this time of the year? Probably not, but you still have to find ways to do it uh, or you're going to run yourself ragged as well as your assistant coaches. So we took a little bit of time right after that second signing period in February, kind of caught our breath and made everybody get out of here for about uh, about five or six days. And then we came back and we've had some winter conditioning and, and um, just getting around our guys uh, as best we can. I think the, the biggest break that you have is the fact that nobody can visit your campus and you can't go visit anywhere else in February. So that's kind of our little bit of a break, not ramp, ramps up again come March. So I want to first ask about Adrian Martinez, obviously a multi-year starter at Nebraska, uh, some highs, some lows with the Huskers. He enters the portal. You obviously had Skylar Thompson. He's heading to the NFL. So you were looking for a transfer quarterback, someone to bring in to compete with the quarterbacks you already have uh, in the room. Can you detail the process of bringing him to Kansas State and what you saw in him at Nebraska that I guess attracted you to wanting him at Kansas State and attracted you to, to what he can do for the program? We were talking about uh, trying to add some competition to our room at the quarterback spot. And we have some really good young quarterbacks coming back, but uh, felt like we needed a, another older guy to, to compete with those guys and looked at a lot of different quarterbacks that entered the portal as, as the process was going on, probably starting about the 1st of December. Saw Adrian had entered the portal. I had worked with Coach Frost at Northern Iowa for a few years, so I know Scott well. I'd worked with Mario Verdusco at Northern Iowa's quarterback coach, so I knew Mario well. And so had some dialogue uh, with Frosty. I know that Colin Klein had some dialogue with, with Mario. Thought he would be a really good fit here and uh, somebody that would add an element uh, as far as his ability to make plays. And I watched enough college football over the last few years that he's played an awful lot of college football, had some really good success was hoping that uh, this would be a spot that he could potentially uh, be a guy that could be a difference maker for us. And so we're going to learn a lot over the next 
six months because he can't practice this spring with an injury, but just getting around our guys and getting around our program and, and meeting with the other quarterbacks and uh, kind of just building relationships with our team prior to him getting into fall camp where he can truly, really compete with the other guys. And one of those, I guess, quote unquote, other guys who's, I would say a little bit more than just another guy for your program is Deuce Vaughn leading that backfield. I would think you and offensive coordinator Colin Klein, you know, you sit down and just think of all the possibilities that are there with a player like Deuce. He's just so exciting. I think one of the most exciting players, if not the most in the sport, so much talent, so much ability. He had phenomenal success last year. Can you frankly get him the ball even more than the, I guess, tons of times you did last season? You know, what's the plan for him this year to build off of a great 2021 and to showcase that talent off even more. Yeah, which is hard to do. As much as he carried the ball, as much as he caught the ball, as much as he was an integral part of our offense, but he makes everybody around us, be- around him better, makes our offensive line better, even though we've got a really good offensive line, makes our passing game. I think that's what probably helped us the most was in the bowl game, we utilized an awful lot of guys outside throwing the football with Phillip and with Cade Warner and with Malik Knowles. And, and they really stacked the box trying to stop Deuce in the running game and it opened up our passing game. And, and we had a healthy Skylar Thompson. So I think the things that Deuce can do is garner so much attention to himself that it's going to make his teammates that much better, which will ultimately make our team that much better. Uh, but uh, he's a special talent. You're, you're, you're exactly right. He can beat you running the football. He can beat you inside, outside. He can beat you catching the football. And the other thing, he can beat you by being an unbelievable decoy because he draws so much attention. And with the returners we have at wide receiver, which we have almost everybody back, as well as throw him in there. Uh, and then uh, some of the experience we have coming back at, at quarterback and you throw Adrian in there with our offense line. We're excited about what Coach Klein's going to do with that offense. We'll hear more from Kansas State head coach Chris Kleiman when we come back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. And you mentioned the bowl game. You know, you played LSU, and I'm sure it was an interesting one to prepare for because of what the Tigers were missing from their roster. They converted a wide receiver to play quarterback, had many others missing, but I'm sure had a lot of players that maybe you hadn't seen before. You didn't know their tendencies. You didn't have much or maybe any film on them. I would think that lack of information on them maybe made the game planning quite a bit different than what it would have been had it been, let's say, a regular season game or so. It's still LSU, and they still have more four and five stars than most teams do in the country. And uh, they still had some really good players that maybe hadn't played a lot, uh, but that's what college football is right now. You're playing a lot of guys, especially late in the season, due to the transfer portal, due to bull opt-outs, that guys are getting an opportunity. And I'll tell you, that was as good a front as we saw this year as far as 
a front four and, and linebackers. I think they were down some guys in the secondary, and that's probably where we had the most success at. But they still had some really talented guys. And then they had their whole offensive line returning that had played all season. So um, we're not taking anything uh, away from our players. That was a phenomenal win uh, against uh, an SEC program. And I don't care if it's a day later or a year later or five years later, our kids are going to say they beat LSU in a bowl game. Absolutely. And it was quite the performance offensively too. And I want to hit on the offense and specifically offensive coordinator, Colin Klein. He was named the interim before the bowl game, subsequently had the interim tag removed and is now the permanent offensive coordinator. He having been a dual threat quarterback for Kansas State and and obviously very successful one during his time in Manhattan. How can he take this offense to the next level now that he'll have a fall off season to work with it and obviously a full year ahead to game plan? I think that's the key is having a full off season and a full, uh, year ahead to game plan. You know, we we adjusted a few things in the three weeks that we had with Colin as the interim. Plus we were on the roads. So we really only had about 10 to 10 to 12 days of true game planning. And, and we adjusted a few things, but I'm excited because Colin is going to be very aggressive. He's going to utilize the skill set we have. We have some really good skill kids uh, like we talked about. He's going to put his own spin on it as well as complement some of the things that we've done really well. We've run the football really well uh, in the three years that uh, that we've been here. We just need to throw the ball, I think, more efficiently as well as more ex- with more explosive plays. And that's something that I think we saw a little bit in the bowl game was the explosive play capability of our pass game. And so I'm excited. The guys are excited about it. And you know, you, you have Colin that uh, not only is a former player here who has so much respect for of our guys, but you know, he's also a Heisman Trophy finalist which across the country is pretty cool when you talk. He doesn't tell anybody that, but we sure we sure utilize that in the recruiting process to say, you know, this guy was a runner-up in the Heisman, and uh, I think he's going to really uh, make his own mark. Yeah, and like I said before, quite a successful career uh, at Kansas State. I think multiple years of double-digit win seasons uh, when Colin Klein was the quarterback. So I want to move on to the defense. To I think the surprise of, of quite a few people, Daniel Green decided to return for one more season. Did that surprise you at all? Because he's really played himself into quite the NFL draft prospect. Yeah, I think he he really felt like there was more that he wanted to accomplish and more left for him to do. We were excited about uh, Daniel coming back. I think he's one of the top players now returning in the country. I think when the season started, he was just a returning player throughout the country, especially in the Big 12. With the season that he had, I think he realizes he's just kind of scratching the surface. His name's out there now. I think it him coming back another year, is really if if he has another successful year like like he plans on and we plan on him having, I think he knows that'll elevate his status and his stock in the draft world. And we're excited because he's he's one of our catalysts on defense. And uh, I thought he had a tremendous 2021. Yeah, absolutely. I think 89 tackles, I think 16 or 17 were tackles for loss. And you know, I know you switched to the 3-3-5 last season. So with Green returning and another year of Felix and Aduke Uzoma, who led your team in sacks, I think with 11 how much better could this defense get? It was already a great defense, but now a, another year and a full offseason, another full offseason, I should say, to adjust to this 3-3-5. Three, 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 how much better could this defense get in 2022? Well, it starts with us as coaches. We have to be better going into the second year of running the defense. We were experimenting with some things, and I think we have to understand the defense better and better and understand where our personnel fits to that defense. But uh, we're excited because uh, Eli Huggins is probably the biggest unsung hero we have returning for his sixth year as a defensive tackle. And I think he's one of the best defensive tackles in the country, and we were able to get him back for a sixth year. We have enough pieces back right now 
with our D-line with guys returning. We have both of our corners returning. Uh, we added a corner that we think is going to be a really talented kid in Josh Hayes. It's going to um, help us there as well. Our safeties is where we really need to make sure uh, and do a great job with our development this spring. We have some kids returning and we have some new guys, but uh, I'm excited with what we're going to do in year two uh, with this scheme. So coach, a couple more from me. So I was speaking with someone who covers another big 12 school earlier this week. And he said to me that he thinks once a realignment goes through Oklahoma and Texas leave BYU, UCF, Houston, and Cincinnati join that the new look big 12 could be top to bottom, the most competitive power five conference. You know, so many teams recruit at a similar levels and it really could become a conference where year after year, a new team is winning because everyone's just so even, you know, top to bottom. What are your thoughts on the conference moving forward? Once those four teams are added and Texas and Oklahoma are subtracted, do you agree? that the parity in the conference could really be that great? Yeah. And I think there's already tremendous parity when you look at, you know, Baylor and Oklahoma State played in the Big 12 championship game. And uh, I think we have every week, you better have your A game or you're going to get knocked off. And then you add the the four schools and Cincinnati was in the was in the CFP. BYU is always traditionally a great program. Uh, you throw Houston and UCF that are great recruiting bases and great markets for us to continue to go to and recruit as well as uh, great programs. You know, is it going to be all, all those schools plus Oklahoma and Texas for a year once those two leave? You know, how will we break up the two divisions? I think we're still learning uh, about what's going to happen, but uh, I agree with you. I'm excited about the the divisional play and I'm excited about uh, uh, the future of the Big 12. And you brought up something interesting there. You mentioned how schools like Houston and Central Florida could open up some more recruiting grounds because of just how rich in talent Texas and Florida are. I would assume that once those programs come in and maybe even before they come in, you fully expect to target those areas in recruiting and expand the Kansas State footprint. Yeah, we've always hit Texas and I've had success in, in Florida at previous schools. I think it makes it harder to go get a kid from Orlando or Tampa when there's now a, a Big 12 school right in their backyard. But probably make them work a little bit more for it too. Uh, in the fact of, you know, you, you potentially had a chance to beat a group of five team. Now it's a power five team, but uh, you know, it, it uh, without a doubt uh, opens up a lot of things from recruiting to competitive balance. And uh, I know everybody in the big 12 is excited about uh, what, what commissioner Bowlesby's done once the two teams announced they were leaving. And there was a lot of speculation of what's going to happen to the big 12. And I think on the, on the back end of this thing, we're going to come out stronger. So coach, last one from me, and I'm really interested in your take because so many coaches, they've given opinions on these two subjects, both during the season and this offseason. NIL and the transfer portal, they've really changed college football just drastically. Do you like the way the game's moving? Do you think there needs to be some changes to those things, name, image, likeness, and the portal? You know, What do you think of what have really become the two most pressing issues in college football today? Yeah, I think they're moving a little bit too fast in both areas, but I'm also smart enough to know that they're here to stay. And that's smart. I'm glad they're here to stay. I think kids uh, deserve an opportunity to make some money off their name, image, and likeness. I'm all for it. I think kids, if they're not happy in a spot, have the ability to move on and not lose in a year of eligibility. So I'm, I'm in favor of both things. I don't know what those exact regulations are, but I do think we have to slow it down a little bit. I think we're all, as, as coaches and even as players, because I've talked to a lot of our players frustrated when somebody leaves mid-season to go to the portal. You know, maybe they could finish out the season and then go to the portal, maybe have that window a little bit longer for those guys to be able to have that. And then so many kids were entering the portal during the dead period. We need to open up that dead period where, you know, we had 
I don't know, we, I think we took five or six guys that semester, a couple that were able to come here on a visit and a couple that we recruited after Christmas that never got the chance to visit our place. Now, we don't want to have this open nonstop during the holidays, but we need to try to find a way that kids can go visit places. Maybe it's before Christmas or right after the first of the year so that they can make sure that they're making the right choice so they don't end up transferring again. But make no mistake, they're both here to stay. And I think all of us understand that and we've got to embrace it. Kansas State football, a full offseason ahead, gearing up for their opening game on September 3rd against South Dakota. The head coach of Kansas State football, Chris Kleiman. Coach, good luck this season. I hope you and your team stay healthy during the spring and summer. Thanks so much for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. A big thanks to Kansas State and to Coach Kleiman for coming on the podcast. You know, it's always great when we're able to speak with head coaches on the College Football Daily, and I'm excited to tell you that there will be quite a few more on as the offseason progresses. For Kansas State head coach Chris Kleiman, I am Lance Lynn. Have a good Wednesday, everyone, and thanks for listening to another episode of the College Football Daily. on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.